Okay, here's the music. Here we go. Uh, this is Drew Sits with. All right, everybody. This is my grandfather on my mother's side of the family. And he wants to do, tell a story about some family members that I may not know about. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Thank you for having me. It's <laughs> going to be a pleasure. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's uh, Dewey and Clee? Clee, yeah. Okay, and they live in Chicago. Yeah, they lived in Chicago. Okay, lived, right. They've, lived. They've both passed away. They've both gone. Right. But when Clee married Dewey, Dewey had to meet her parents or her family. Okay. And at the time, uh, there's only one sister living in this area and that was my mother so in those days you had to wear a suit when on sundays and you and the men wore a hat and for sunday dinner so <laughs> when they came to the front door they, they knocked on the door and my mother answered the door now dewey had a trademark and what he did wherever he went, he he would slide his arm out of his coat, slide it in his pants, unzip his pants, and take his social finger, stick it <laughs> through the zipper, and take his hat and put it in his social finger. Of course. So then uh, he walked in and Dewey's waving the hat. And <laughs> my boy's looking down like, Oh, it says. <laughs> okay. But uh, that's funny. And throughout the day, <laughs> Dewey would come over or say, Hey, Bill, come here for a minute. I'm going to show you something. I said, What? He said, Come here. So I would go over, pull my finger. He said, What? Pull my finger. So I pulled his finger and he would fart. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. So my aunt would be laughing her ass off. And I, you know, Jesus. But uh, nice guy. So was he the troublemaker of the family at no, that time? No, no, oh, no, no, no. This guy, he, he was a jewel. Everybody but, loved him? Oh, yeah, because he married my mother's sister. Gotcha. Uh, she was something else. So. Um, you know, that's about it for them. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know how old I was. I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old maybe. And back in 1860, you got it, <laughs> or 63, something like that. <laughs> so, but seriously, uh, so what year is it? You were born in 46, is that true? 42, you were born, so you're 10, so it's 52. Okay, yeah, this is golden Americana, right? Right, white picket fence, right? So, there's a knock on our door, and my mother is, who the hell are these crazy-looking people? Well, this was little brother and his seven sisters. What? <laughs> and um, you know, my dad looks up, and they all are these people. So my mom says, I guess they're my relatives from down south. So the old man goes, oh, great. So... Uh, they come in and sit down, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and the women look like 
sister from Appalachia, <laughs> big floral dresses, and I mean, uh, just completely out of date. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> little brother, he's wearing jean overhauls, bib overhauls, with the one strap hooked and the other one hanging. He's got a uh, straw sticking out of his uh, teeth. Well, he, I don't think it was that bad. And um, he had work, work shoes on. And uh, his, I, I think it was a ball cap he was wearing. I, I don't remember for sure. But um, he's a big guy. You know, he was probably 6'2", probably weighed uh, 250. And there's a reason why they called him little brother. He didn't do anything. He, he didn't work. Uh, he did nothing. And when he wanted something, one of the sisters said, little brother, I'll take care of it for you. So he say, okay. And little brother was, was a damn drunk. And <laughs> I, I mean, he was a womanizer. Uh, he did nothing, nothing at all. Sounds like a good life. I guess. Well, if you got seven sisters that wipe your ass... Yeah, it probably would be. Easy living. Easy living. Okay, so that's little brother. <laughs> and uh, so wh- where did they come up from? Because your mother's side of the family is from the south, right? From Mississippi the south. Mississippi or something? Uh, Tennessee, actually. Tennessee, sorry. Oh, sorry. But um, and my, my cousin Fred, who lives in Memphis, and I got a cousin Bill that lives in Memphis. Uh, Fred's a... Captain of uniforms on police force, and Bill works for uh, the tire company. And uh, <coughs> Fred is something else, too. Uh, he was like the police chief or something, or he's, he's captain of uniforms, okay. And whatever that laundry, or I guess <laughs> it could be. And uh, <coughs> uh, they all knew him. When I would uh, drive my mother down there to, to see her sister, because she eventually went back to Memphis when Dewey died, and um, Fred would just walk out of work, get in a squad car, and come get me, and we go out to all the different clubs in East uh, East Memphis, and which is rather humorous. It's all the gambling. And, and all these places knew him, you know. And right. all, all the girls knew him too. Right. So, but uh, he would say, uh, "Well, you feel like going out on the boat today?" I said, "Why? You got a boat?" He said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a boat." I said, "Oh, okay." He says, "Well, uh, let's pick up some action before we go out out on the boat." I said, "Okay." <laughs> and we walked down the boat. There's two young ladies sitting at the. Uh, at the boat, waiting for us. Doc. Yeah. So I said, Jesus. And at the time, Fred's probably, I don't know, 45, maybe. Right. And so you lived in Chicago at the time. He's in Memphis. So right. did you really have a relationship with him? Did you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You were friendly cousins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stories about him. Right. It's so an awful lot of stories. So you get there, you're 45, he's 45, something like that, right? You get to the boat, he's got... Actually, I'm about 20, 
three. Oh, okay. And he's like 45. Uncle Fred, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got two. Oh, he's cousin Fred. Oh, okay. He's my cousin. Cousin. He's got two. And the girls were probably 19, <laughs> 20, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So we went out on And he's the commissioner of uniforms? What is it? A captain, <laughs> captain uniforms. Okay. And uh, we went out on the boat, had a good time, and uh, came back, and the girl said, Would you all like some fried chicken? I said, Hell yes. So... We all pile in the police car, and we go shopping where Fred goes because everybody knows him there, and uh, he doesn't pay anything. What? It's not. The police don't pay. <laughs> everybody knows that. That's no secret. Maybe at the coffee shop, not the grocery store. Where Fred goes, uh, he don't pay for nothing. Okay. So... Uh, we went back to his place. We had fried chicken, nice meal, nice time. And I don't know, that's about it with that story. The girls were good company? Oh, very good company. Okay. You know, they, they would probably have to go back to jail that night. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, you don't think you let them out for good after that? No. no. <laughs> Got to keep them on hold. Right, right. Um <laughs> So that kind of sidetracked us. We weren't talking about Fred. We were talking about Dewey. Dewey, exactly. Okay. So how did Dewey pass away? You know, I don't know. I don't remember. It could have been, I think, a heart attack. Was it young, old? Uh, well, he was probably 60-ish. Okay. Somewhere in there, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that was the, the southern branch of the family, right? Well, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, okay, we told you about little brother. And uh, now we got Uncle Ed. And Uncle Ed was my mother's brother. And he lived in Memphis. And uh, Uncle Ed was a work of art. And <laughs> Well, they all were, and um, he called my mother, said, can I come up to uh, Chicago? So she said, yeah, why? She said, I think I did something wrong, but what did you do? So he says, right, come on. No, (laughs) I'm serious. Wow. So she said, yeah. So he came up, he stayed with us for a short time, and then my other uncle, Hubert, which was my mother's other brother, older brother, uh, he took him in, got him a job in his company. He was a high official of a, I don't know what it was, uh, I don't remember, uh, some, some company. And uh, Uncle Ed loved baseball, and all he would do during the baseball season, to sit in the uh, the bleachers and watch baseball, okay, and drink beer, of course, right, yeah, naturally, yeah. Who who is uh, his team? Cubs or Sox or? Ooh. I I I have no idea, and he didn't either. It didn't matter, I don't think, to him. Um, the beautiful thing about Uncle Ed was, uh, 
Uncle Ed was not a lover. So if you're not a lover, what are you? You're a fighter, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, my cousin Bobby, which is a little bit older than Jack, was getting married. And uh, Uncle Ed was at the wedding with us at the, I think, the VFW Hall. So we're all there listening to the music. And what year is this? Hmm? Year? Uh, in the 50s, I think. Okay. So you're yeah. all there listening to music? Sorry. Yeah. So um, we all heard Uncle Ed. Said, oh, Jesus, here we go. Well, Uncle Ed beat the shit out of the best man. (laughs) (laughs) And a couple other, the groomsmen. And then Brother Jack, my older brother. From Michigan? Yeah. He says, don't worry, Uncle Ed, I'm coming. (laughs) And Uncle Ed looked at him and said, don't waste my time. And... (laughs) He got out of it, but uh, <laughs> the man loved to fight. You know, it was just... That's it's pretty like, funny. It's unreal. Yeah, some guys just want to fight when they get drunk. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. What, what uh, lineage was that side of the family? Are they Irish or...? Yeah, I would say Irish mainly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, another story I wanted you to tell was um, about Bob. So, um, when he was swinging the chain. No, I want him to tell you that story. Okay, all right, all right. We'll save okay. that for the, well, yeah. when we do his, his interview. You mean his first gang fight? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit of a teaser for, uh, for the yeah. audience here. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so what do you got next on? Let's see, what's next? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me uh, let me get myself a drink. We're sipping on some Doers. I got a little fancy twelve-year bottle, but uh, this there was kind go. of your go-to drink, right? If there I'm not mistaken, go. right? Doers uh, White yeah. Label. Yeah, your Scotch on the rocks. There you go. With a little bit of water, maybe. Yeah, is that, is that true? Yeah, uh, a little taste of water. Rambouille is also a, a favorite of yours. Yep. Try to always talk about you know what we're what we're sipping on. Oh, there you go. Each episode, but uh, it's great that my grandson, when he looks at the scotch, he thinks of me. So <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> yeah. well, what does that say about me, really? Well, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I can tell you about Uncle Hubert. He, he's my mother's brother. He would invite all these hillbillies from the south, his wife's family, and they would come up, and he would let them sleep on the floor of his house. Right, so you said seven people showed up at the door. Where do they all go? Uh, To be honest with you, I don't know. All I can remember is the old man saying, they're not staying here. (laughs) (laughs) Um. They're sleeping on the floor. They're in the bathtub, you know, everywhere. Oh, yeah. But Hubert was charging them. His home. Yeah. And he was, it was almost a damn business that he had going in. And that's how uh, 
It was like a part-time job he had going without doing anything. And he would charge them on those a ridiculous rate, uh, you know, to sleep there on the floor. And there were young kids, or young guys, uh, say teenager or older, you get him a job where he worked, and then they would have to pay him a kickback. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm serious. So, I mean, he, he's super sounded dummy. Yeah, it's a good good deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Uh, that was that's Hubert's deal. And Hubert had three sons, Bob, Tommy, and Jimmy, and right. then... Um, Jimmy, your dad, I believe, does business with Jimmy, or used to, when he was working with uh, Lake County Gravel. Um, Lake County Grading. Grading. Um, Jimmy owned a, I don't know what the hell, uh, he, he was an architect. Uh, I think he's architectural planning, I believe. But... Um, they did sewers and everything. And that's what the work your dad was doing or, or your grandfather was doing. And I don't remember the guy's or the company name. But I know it was Brown and something or something and Brown. I, I have no idea what it was. But uh, that's the story. Hmm. And let's see what the hell else. I should be able to go on and on about the, uh, the hillbillies. Right, because th- this is basically your mother's side right now. So we've got Dewey huh? as a brother. Uh, married. Married in. Okay. Married. Okay. Okay. And then who were you just talking about? Uh, Uncle Hubert's three sons. Hubert, right. So Hubert was a brother of your mother. Right. Right. So then how many brothers did you have? Uh, two, three? Two, I think. The little boy, what were you calling him? No, no, the little brother. That wasn't, I, I, I don't know who the hell he was. <laughs> was uh, he wasn't even in the family? <laughs> <laughs> How many sisters did she have? My mother. Right. So one of them was married to Dewey. Yeah. Right. So that was Clee. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think she has, if I remember, I think she has six sisters. <laughs> and, well, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, her father was a Texan. You know, so. Really? Oh, yeah. But um, her father, uh, you, I never met the man. He was gone before I, I met him or knew of him. He was a Texas Ranger, and then he went to Tennessee during Prohibition because he was law enforcement. They made him a... Um, prob- or not probation officer. Uh, you go after all the stills and everything. Right, bootlegger cop right. or something. Yeah, yeah. So he said, well, shit, this is great money. So he would shut all of his competition down. Of course. And he had his own up and running. <laughs> Double dip. Double dip. <laughs> you know, so he did that, and he owned a, uh, a restaurant. So what was his name? He was a Texas Ranger, you said? Yeah, yeah. Do you know Tom. his name? Tom. Tom. Right. So he was a Texas Ranger who then moved to Memphis. Yeah. Okay. 
to be a to be a whatever they call that. Right. Let's look it up. Okay, let's see. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm cutting and all that out. He had that, and he he also had a farm, but um, God knows how long he did that, and uh, then he sold everything and went to Chicago and retired. So. I think you know Chicago. You know where State Parkway is? Mm-hmm. That's where he moved to and retired. Crazy. Now, yeah. So he was sitting on the porch, and all the cops knew him because they're all took his thieves, all those guys. Of course. And Especially back then. Oh, yeah. And people were, would walk by. And he'd be sipping his brandy or uh, whiskey, I guess, and have his gun out. And he would threaten them and say, if you don't give me a little dance, I'm going to shoot you. Right, I've heard this. <laughs> I'm serious. So these people would do a little dance. You'd say, okay, you can go. And then they'd call the cops. And the cops would come and say, Tom, you can't do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can. No, so... A different time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when, uh, so that had to be in the 20s, uh, maybe middle 20s, because uh, that's when my other aunt, Isla, and Uncle Fred, now he's another character, uh, and my mother and dad were all going out. They weren't married yet. And... The old man would uh, figure uh, Tom Brown out real fast. Tom Brown would, you would think he'd be watching TV or something. He was really watching the window because Fred and Isla would be in the in the back of the house and you could see him through the window. And it's all playing, you know, kissy face and everything. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and the old man was too smart for that. You know, so, so that's humorous. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh shit. Trying to think. No. So, so you never met that grandfather, correct? No, no. I, then, I never met I- any of my grandfathers. Right. So, what about your father's father? Never met him either. Right. Right. He. He was. Um, he was a DP. Um, as the story goes... And what does that mean? Displaced person. Okay. He's been saying that for my entire life. <laughs> you, you never knew what it meant? I, I knew what it meant, but... Okay. I wanted a clarification for the audience. Okay. But, uh... My grandfather came to this country as a boy, seven brothers, from Germany. And their father put him on a boat to send him here because he didn't want them to uh, go to war. Because all, all they do in Germany is fight other countries all day long. So they came here, and they're, uh, they were all carpenters, Finnish carpenters at the time. And if you go into all of these, mainly the Catholic Church, all the ornate carvings, everything, 
All of that is done by my family, which, you know, again, I never met any of these people. Right. So. Wow. But so he passed away because you had said he got into this brand new technology called electricity. Is yeah. That, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He was interested in that. <laughs> and I've heard two, two stories how he died. I heard one, uh, my dad was a young kid, and he was serving as an apprentice in the electrical, I don't know, school or whatever it was, and his father was the electrician, and he died in an elevator shaft doing wiring. Now, that's one story I heard. Oh, man. Well, that's one story. That is horrific. Now, another story my, my cousin Babe told me, no, no, that's uh, not true. Well, how did he do? As he was doing a side job over at my cousin's uh, brewery, it was Stephen's Brewery that my cousin owned. Uh, yeah. And uh, he fell in the vat. What? Yeah. He drowned in a vat of beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I never heard that story. I always heard that he, yeah. It was in the elevator. Well, so did I. Huh. And Babe was, because Babe knew all these people. Because she was kind of the oldest cousin, right? You got it. Right, so she had all the info on everybody. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Babe was making shit up. I don't know. Well, that, that could be. That could be. And now is Babe still alive? No. She had passed away a couple of years ago, right? Five years ago or something. She yeah. lived in Florida. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she's in a nursing home there. Okay. Um. Well, let's see what else. Okay, so your father's father passed away either in a vat of beer or uh, down an elevator shaft. Yeah. Um. What about your dad's mother? She was something else. <laughs> Right. Uh, her name was Tilly, and uh, she lived with us, and she thought TV was the real thing. And at that time, in the 40s and 50s, uh, there were a lot of um, Westerns and that sort of thing. So they shoot the guy, he fall off the horse. He's going, oh, no, no. So that sort of thing. But she was, she was a character. So you're saying she was sort of out of it or oh, at the, at the crazy? Or? Yeah, she was in her 90s at the time. Okay. You know, so, yeah. She thought TV was real. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, you had a story about, I think you called your, your grandmother crazy, right? Yeah. And then your dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. every man at one point in their life is going to challenge their father, right? That's just oh, is yeah, inevitable. Yeah. You're going to. That's, that's when, when one becomes a man. Right. You know, so we're walking in the kitchen, and uh, Grandma says something. I said, ah, you crazy old lady. So my dad says, what did you say? I said, you know, Grandma, she's a nutcase, or you crazy old lady. So he says, that's my mother you're talking about. Right. So I said, what the hell are you going to do about it, old man? 
And, <laughs> and at the time, I think I was 16. And before I got the words out of my mouth, he hit me, right. sucker punched me, actually. <laughs> and I went down, and l- I literally slid across the floor. <laughs> and Bob is standing there, and he's looking at the old man. And the old man says, you got something to say? And Bob says, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> you know, so, so that was that story. Yeah, that's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But so this was the lady who thought TV was real. So there was some yeah, truth to what you were saying that she yeah. wasn't that, that case. Oh, she's, she was 90 years old. I mean, yeah. anybody would think TV's yeah. real. Yeah, of course. Okay, so that's your father's mother. So what about your father? Do you want to talk about him? Do you have any other stories about the older family? Or My father? Yeah. Uh, what was his name, starting off? Hilmer. Hilmer. Yeah. Uh, Hilmer Greiner. I can't think of anything, to be honest with you. Well, So what was his trade? He was a mechanic, right? He was a bodyman. He was a bodyman, yeah. Uh, he became a bodyman... Well, after his grandfather or his his father was killed, he got out of that electricity. Maybe that's why I don't deal with electricity. I don't want nothing to do with it. Right. So he was working at the garage where, uh, and today they call it the St. Valentine's Massacre <laughs> with the Al Capone. Right. He was working there at the time as a young kid. And what was he doing? Selling Tommy guns? Oh, no, he was um, mopping up blood. No, he, he was ch- mainly changing the, the shocks on the cars, putting bigger shocks. Gotcha. Okay. So the car wouldn't look like it's loaded down. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So one day the door was kicked open, and come a, a, a couple of Italian lads. From the Union Hall. They said, this place is unionized right now. And we're going to start deducting union dues. So that's when he joined the union, if you want to call that. You know, that's the way it was done in those days. Sure. Yeah. And where, where was the shop at? It was, you guys were in... Uh... Well, that was I mean, that particular shop or what? I guess where where did you grow up? I, I I assume that there was a shop like around the corner from you guys or your house where you lived. No, or? no, no. no. Uh, we lived on the north side, and my dad's business was on the west side of the of the city. Okay, you know, because um, we've looked up your house before. What what neighborhood was that in? I'm sorry, by that school. Well, was that Oak Park. No, no, that's. Later on, yeah, it was Oak Park. But um, when I was a kid, we moved from there when I was in the uh, seventh grade, I believe. It was the Haight Grammar School. Right. And right. That, it was uh, an Irish and Jewish neighborhood, German neighborhood, which was humorous, too. Right. A lot of humorous things I've had in my lifetime. Sure. <laughs> So, um, I can't even remember now. 
Okay, so he had because so he was a mechanic. He had he owned the body shop, and then he became the Rico man. That's why I wanted to tell that story about Bob. But I think you're right. Bob should tell that story. Oh yeah. yeah. But so basically, he owned some tow trucks. Your grand, your dad owned oh, tow trucks. So oh, yeah. they started repoing people's cars, and something crazy happened with him and Bob one night. Uh, so he'll tell that story. But uh, what about the racetrack? That's a okay. good one. In those days, in the fifties, the Soldiers Field on Saturday night. They would have stock car racing going on. And the old man believed heavily in having fun. And uh, he would build up, and he didn't care what it cost, um, stock cars. And his drivers were just as goofy as he was. And we would have the company tow trucks bring these cars in and... um, we race them, and then uh, when we would race the cars, uh, my dad would say, I roll the one car all upside down in the far corner. So the guy says, okay. And boom, he rolled the car over. So then uh, it had stopped the race. And of course, three of the, our tow trucks would uh, come out with the lights Right. Uh, Mars lights and all that. <laughs> the name big out on the oh, side yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's Plus, what it was all about. Everybody just wants to see it crash anyways, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. that's what everyone's yeah. waiting for, so. That's right. That's yeah, all fun. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was a good, great story. But, uh, so, what about, I'm jumping all over the place. but oh, That's all right. You were in the army, right? I was in the army. Right. Do you want to talk about why you went to the army? Well, we can. Um, am, am I jumping around too much? Do you want to tell more of like a history of, of the family? Or? Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember, and more of it will come out later, Yeah, I guess. I think we'll do a couple of these. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, if you want some quickies on the army... Uh, I was 17 when I went in the Army, and I was a little bit of a, on a small scale, uh, juvenile delinquent, I guess you could say, and uh, all in a fun way. And, uh, like, we go to school, and we take our belts off, throw them in our wall locker, and the first class, where they do a head count, and say, where's your belt? I forgot to wear it. Well, go home and get it. How long would it take you? In about two hours. All right, go. I right, so we've already made the attendance sheet. So then we go. Right. Go across the street and sit there and drink coffee right. for <laughs> two <laughs> hours. So, and we all be walking out of the, the school at the same time, you know, so you think these... You and your crew, you had you know, all your buddies doing the exact same thing. The right? same thing. Right. So, I mean, you would think somebody would wake up and smell the coffee. But that's the, uh, the educated ones. Right. And so this is like, so you were born in 42, Ooh. right? So you were in high school. What year did you graduate high school? Well, I really didn't graduate well, in high school. <laughs> should you have graduated high school? Yeah. Um, I... I and when you're in the army, you have to take your 
whatever the hell they call it. GED. GED. So that I have. Okay. So, um, but uh, any anything that went on in the neighborhood, this is when we uh, lived in Oak Park, they know where to go. They'd be, the cops would be knocking on our door or my friend's door or, or whatever. Right, so this is like, what, 60, something like that, right? Early 50s, 60s, early late 50s? Late 50s. Right, so you're, you're the whole, the greaser thing, the leather yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah. You got right, it. all black, slick yeah. back hair. You still got the slick back hair thing going, which yeah. is, which I'm really hopeful that it is the mother's side of the family where you get the, your hair from because you've got a full head of hair. It's crazy. I mean, it, it literally looks like you've got a hair tra- It doesn't make sense. You've got a, it's nuts. I don't know. But my other grandpa is completely bald, so I'm really rolling the dice. But <clears throat> anyways, okay, so you're the cool kid in school. You had all your friends. You'd skip class, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when I was in high school, a little different but similar, you, you were supposed to wear an ID, right? So you had a lanyard, and you had, like, your picture and everything on it, and you were supposed okay. to wear it. But for whatever reason, it was just not cool to wear it, right? It was yeah, I, I lame. Know. It was not cool to wear it. So I'd put it in my back pocket, right? And there was the same dean that would come every day. Ron, put your ID on. I go, ah, you know, kiss my ass or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was a fight every single day. And it was like they knew who I was. They knew that I didn't want to wear it. I didn't want to wear it, but they'd still. We still had to have the the dance, right? It, it was just part of being rebellious. And I always thought back to you doing the belt thing. I thought that was so such a fun story because uh, it's like, yeah, screw them. You know, uh, we're gonna get away with it and. Why didn't they wise up to it? Why didn't they catch you guys? How, okay, how well, come they didn't send cops over to the coffee shop? There you go. Eventually, someone got wise. They did. Okay. Okay. And, <laughs> and that story was, uh, we're walking out of the school, and we look. Oh, man. There's Mrs. Miller. Now, Mrs. Miller was the juvenile officer in Oak Park. She's sitting there in the car. Says, good morning, boys. <laughs> get in the car. I'm going to drive you all home. You get your belts, and I'll bring you back. Right. We should be about, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that scam stopped real fast. <laughs> Did you guys even have belts at your house? I mean, <laughs> they're all in your lockers, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you always have extra belts. Of course. Yeah. I think it's funny that you had to wear a belt. <laughs> that was, like, part of the dress code. Well. You know, you couldn't wear Levi's, though. Times are different. Yeah, right. You, you couldn't wear jeans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mainly because jeans destroyed this, the school property with their rivets and everything. It's so funny. So, Do you know what kids wore in my high school? I have no idea. Yeah, Girls are essentially naked. You know what leggings are, right? Yoga yeah. pants. I mean, it, it's it's nuts. You're trying to fight with women to keep, you know, the, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's funny that jeans would destroy school property, so they couldn't, whatever. Um, okay, what else do we got? More more good school stuff. Um, so you're the greaser, right? You got the cool clothes and everything. You got the crew. And so you keep getting in trouble, right? You oh, all the time it. that they knew your name, they knew your family, because oh, your, yeah. your brother Bob is a couple years younger than you. Um, oh, yeah, that's what happened when Bob came to school. And they're doing a roll count. And he's, do you have a brother, Bill? 
He says, yes, all right, sit up here. Up right, right up. Right. <laughs> right by the teacher. Right. Um, <clears throat> but so you didn't finish high school because you got sent to the military. In a roundabout way, I was sent to, to the military. Right. It was a strong suggestion. Right. Okay, that um, if I didn't go, there'd be a strong opportunity that I could go to Charlie Town. <laughs> and where Charlie Town was, there's a boys' reformatory on uh, what route, uh, what, 38 in St. Charles. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, the juvenile hall. That's where Chief <laughs> Keith went, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, right, so it's basically you're going to the juvenile hall or, or you're going to the military, so you pick yeah. the military. You picked yeah. the Army, right? Yeah. How come you didn't pick any of the other branches? Well, that was the easiest one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you weren't going for glory? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so why did you why did you get put in that position? Well, I probably did some a, lot, a few bad things. Um, we marked off the street on, uh, I think it's Desplaines Avenue, and we were racing cars up and down the street. We stole uh, town horses and put them in the front so the street was blocked off. Right. And after a couple of weeks, somebody caught on what was going on there. Right, so you'd block off the street so nobody could, could come down, and then you guys would be racing cars. Right. <coughs> but also, weren't you stealing the cars you were drag racing? <laughs> There's a lot of times it's common knowledge. Uh, uh, and my dad told me this. A lot of people, when you buy a new car, you trade your car in, they leave the cars or the keys in the car. I don't know if you knew that. No. Well, they do. So, in those days, um, the the lots weren't large and elaborate lots that they have today, the dealerships. So, we walked over uh, to a Ford dealership, and we're just walked in the back, and here's the whole last row of cars. We're all trainings. They all had keys in it. Well, that's our racing vehicles. Lucky for, day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the day somebody wised up about our racing, and there were cops from, I think, five different towns waiting for us <gasps> to start. You know, and they caught us. So you had done this multiple times in a row? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. I thought it was just a, a one-time deal. I didn't oh, understand no. that part. Oh. Okay. So were you were you stealing these cars and then putting them back in the lot? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, this way, <laughs> no, no, nobody knew the car was stolen. Just the gas and the mileage. <laughs> and they don't even check that. Of course not. You know, and you figure during that period of time, gas was, uh, I think it was 19 cents a gallon. Right. This is the golden age back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. You know. But so, right, you said that basically you're, you guys are doing it. You mark off the street. You get the, the city uh, horses so it looks legit. Nobody yeah. knows. You know, yeah. uh, if a cop drives past, they don't think anything. Right. No, they don't think twice. So of course, yeah, it's blocked off, whatever. 
And then one night, they all surround you, right? Oh, yeah. We were trapped like rats. <laughs> and you see this street. Uh, it was started at the, uh, we did this at the torpedo plant on Roosevelt Road. Torpedo plant? Yeah. It's a torpedo plant. They made torpedoes? Yeah. Like underwater missiles? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Eventually, they turned it in, into the, uh, the post office. What? What can I say? All right. All right. So this street ran from Roosevelt Road, say 12th Street, to 22nd Street. So a big stretch. Right. So we put the horses at the beginning, and we go down, which would be equivalent to maybe two blocks, and start the racing there. And have and race south, so we had more distance to race. We had the girls jumping up and down with the flags. Of course, it was the whole thing. Right, American uh, graffiti. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. How many people? It's it's a big kind of party, right? There's a lot of people there, kind of oh, watching yeah. and racing. Fifty, racing. sixty people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And of course, there's some beer there, and right, and which you won't believe, you really didn't see any drugs. Right. So. Yeah, you always said that, that um, marijuana wasn't around or whatever, but, uh, yeah. right, you smoked a bunch of cigarettes. That was your thing, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. You smoked, like, a chimney oh, oh. And, and drank. Well, there was a status symbol. You would roll a pack of marbles in your T-shirt. Right. You know, roll them up. Right, exactly. Uh, I remember one time you said your best friends were Jimmy, what is it? Jimmy, Jack, and Johnny? <laughs> I don't know. You got me there. Jimmy, Jim Beam, oh, Johnny yeah, Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the boys. All the boys, right. <laughs> right, so uh, you got the big party going on, the drag race, and the cops kind of circle you, and you guys all scatter at one point, right? They they, they hunt you down, and you get tackled by the cops? You're handcuffed? What, no, what happens? No, they... They didn't use the handcuffs in those days. Just the billy club or what? They used the billy club. Yeah? Oh, yeah. No shit. And then they would back up the paddy wagon and just <clears throat> put 20 people in the paddy wagon. Right, all your buddies are already in there. Yeah. And then <laughs> you go to the lockup. And the lockup was in uh, Oak Park and everybody yelling and screaming and everything. And right. Yeah. Making life hard for the cops. Right, of but course. So were you scared at all? or No. Shit. No. Yeah, you were too tough for that shit. Oh, that's got nothing to do with it. They can't do anything to you. Right. Plus, you're a minor. You were 17 you're a minor, or 16 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've had a couple of different police experiences when I was younger. And everything. Yeah, I wasn't ever scared. I was more nervous just about my parents being mad at me, you know, of yeah. course. <laughs> well, yeah. I was also never sent to the army, though, so <laughs> a little different. <laughs> well, in those days, and for what it's worth, by doing that, that could have saved my life. Oh, of course. And what I mean by that is, uh, I, Bob was four, cla- uh, four classes behind me. Now, his class was... Um, it was 65 or 64 or 65, I don't remember, uh, was 
the big move to Vietnam when all that shit broke out. Right. So I, w- I could have been in that real easy. Well, if you want to get into it, you're, all of your friends also got the same deal, right? Oh, yeah. They all right. got sent to Vietnam. They right? went to Vietnam, yeah. Right. And they didn't yeah. come home. And they didn't come home. Right. And one of them, truthfully, I think he was put on that ship sitting in the bay uh, for some sort of VD disease that they don't have a name for. And they would just leave him on the damn boat until they died. Then they would send the bodies home and say, your son was killed in battle. Right. So so uh, one of those guys was a, was a little bit of a ladies' man, and you think he might have just caught some syphilis and no, never we, made it back? Syphilis would have been an easy thing. <laughs> you, you, have, you have no idea. But so... Uh, I mean, it's really sad, you know, um, all your friends didn't make... So, you, you, where did you go? I guess tell everybody that. Well, I went to Europe. Right. Somehow, by the grace of God, you got shipped to Germany, which was controlled by Russia at that point, right? Back in in the day. It was still the Cold War at that time. It was the Cold War, and Russia controlled half the Germany. Actually, they controlled, oh, yeah, half the Germany, and... And then Berlin... half, Half of Berlin... Right, Berlin was a little dot in the middle of Russian-controlled Germany, right. but half of the city was freed. Controlled by U.S., the, French, and right. English. Right, and then the other half was still Russian-controlled. Yeah. That's the Berlin Wall. That's all yeah. that kind of stuff, right? So you got shipped there as a... Well, were you a NATO soldier? Was NATO a thing at that time? You were just an American soldier? We're an American soldier. Interesting. Um, we were sent there. I was stationed in Frankfurt, and we were sent there... To reinforce the garrison was uh, the garrison was under strength, and within a week or two weeks, uh, the battle groups were flying in from uh, all over the states, Fort Lewis, Fort Carson, whatever, and then they would unload and put them in Dusanas and ship them into the city, and then the uh, the garrison was pretty good, but I was there, I don't know, I don't know what it was, three or four months. And uh, but I, I saw all that shit. I had those people are something else. All right. And the, the great thing is, um, if you weren't on duty, you leave your, well, you have to leave your uniform on. American GI stood out like a sore thumb. But... Um, why do you say that? Well, the short haircut, the, uh, the black low-quarter shoes, black socks. Interesting. Okay. but uh, And then, obviously, the accent and all that kind of stuff, once you start talking to them. Well, yeah. You, you, they don't see, nine out of ten could not speak complete German. I could fake my way through it. So you could have a conversation. Yeah. You could order a beer at a bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And other things, too. Sure. You wanted pretzels or whatever. Right. Yeah. But. Um, That's all you really need, if you think about it, is just to, because I think about, you know, traveling to go to Paris or Spain or something like that. You, you kind of need enough to be able to go to a restaurant to be mm-hmm. able to talk to somebody. Yeah. And it's kind of intimidating if you don't speak that language. Yeah. Well, that's what Paris is famous for. Uh, they all speak perfect English, 
and they play with the American and make the uh, right. American feel like a jerk. So personally, I wouldn't even go there. You've never been to Paris, have you? I've been to Paris. Oh, you have? Yeah, I was on the, the wrong side. <laughs> the, the river has a right side and wrong side. The artists are on one side of the river, and the whores are on the other side <laughs> of the river. <laughs> so I was on the side with the artists. Right. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> but uh, you you said that it, it sort of heated up a couple times, right? During uh, oh yeah, during the oh yeah. your time in, in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there wasn't World War Three that didn't happen. Right. Vietnam, of course, was yeah a tragedy or what. You couldn't afford two of them right? at the same time. Right. What was Russia doing at that time? Uh, as far as what? Just trying to control their... No, they were supplying uh, Vietnam with uh, rifles, AKs, 47s. The communists, of course. Of course they were, yeah. Yeah. Right, it was, it was all that was the proxy war thing going on with with Korea and with Vietnam and right. America, of course. Um, I listened to a podcast about the Mongolian Empire again today. Okay, and um, just super interesting that these people can rise up, and you know, it's happened a million times before with Persia and Rome and any empire. It happens, but what's so interesting is just like it's always like two hundred years. 300 years, maybe, you know, Rome was about 500-ish, Egypt okay. goes back, right? But it's always about 200 years. Portugal was a superpower for, for 200 years. Spain, mm. boom, superpower, right? France, you know, it's all these waves. And uh, it's just interesting that kind of everybody has gotten it, including just this big chunk of land in the middle of Asia that's just, you know, mm -hmm. the steppe. But they just got really good at shooting bows and arrows and really good at riding horses. And they took over, at that time, was the largest empire that the world had ever seen. It's really crazy. Hmm. Um, well, then, here's a story you might like. <laughs> when, we're, when I was flying to Europe, um, they flew me out of uh, McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. And I, they flew me out on a Constellation aircraft. And what, what a Constellation is, it looks like a banana. And it's got three tails in the back and four prop engines. And it don't have enough gas to reach Europe. So uh, you have two routes, the northern route and the southern route, when you fly to Europe. So naturally, this guy... It's the southern route. We had land in the Azores. So here we are. We load up and plane takes off. And it's in the wintertime. I don't know what it was, November or whatever. And we, we land in the Azores to refuel the plane. So we go inside the, the local uh, snack bar area. So here's a bunch of Air Force guys sitting there looking at us, and they set us all up. Where are you guys going? Well, we're being restationed into Europe. Oh, man, you guys are lucky. Really? Oh, yeah. The guy is doing this, he's looking around. 
Now, if you guys are smart, go over to the snack bar. Get a couple extra packs of cigarettes, candy bars. Really? For what? Come on. You know what for. No, I don't know. I've asked her what. You know, it's a mansion. <laughs> no shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for a candy bar? Oh, yeah. It's been here. Half, half the damn plane load goes to the bar. Right. <laughs> candy bars and cigarettes and Okay, and you know we're getting off the plane in Germany with the candy bars waving. There's nobody there. Of course, hey, <laughs> shit is this? You know. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I guess we all get suckered once or twice in the world. Of I course. Think. Okay. Okay. Papa Bill, this was a great episode. Okay, Thank you so great. much for sitting down with me. This will be the first of many. Hopefully. Okay. I'd pleasure. love to do this. Uh, hopefully. The audience liked it. Thank you very much. This has been Drew Sits With. What'd you think? Yeah. <laughs>